Was Jesus nice? As a young adult in San Diego, I sometimes would go to the cathedral for confession because it was offered during the week. And I remembered a painting that hung near the confessional. It was one of those renditions that portrayed Jesus as the sweetest, nicest looking man. In this particular painting, our Lord is seated and surrounded by children. In other similar paintings, we see a smiling Jesus accompanied by the most gentle looking lambs. Now these depictions of Jesus are not entirely wrong. After all, he is the good shepherd. He is the Lamb of God. And he did say, let the children, the little children, come to me. But does that mean that Jesus was nice? I think many Christians have come to believe in a skewed image of Jesus and would say yes. Jesus was a nice guy. And so in today's gospel, the Jesus whom we encounter seems quite shocking and unfamiliar to many of us. The same Jesus whom Isaiah prophesied would not break a bruised reed nor quench a smoldering wick. The same Jesus whom the psalmist calls kind and merciful. The same Jesus who calls himself meek and humble of heart. In today's gospel is downright angry. He overturns tables, tosses money on the floor, and makes a whip of cords to drive out the vendors and the livestock out of the temple. But there is no contradiction between the image of Jesus as the kind, merciful friend of sinners and this Jesus, who is consumed with zeal for his father's house. Because out of love for sinners, out of love for his father, he both truly loved sinners and truly hated sin. And so Jesus did not care about being nice. While he is indeed loving and forgiving, kind and merciful, he cared more about righteousness, about waking up people to their cruelty and hypocrisy, and then giving them a chance to repent and to change. At times, people can be won over by gentle words. At other times, they need the proverbial kick in the rear. If we read the Gospels carefully, we see that Jesus did both. The temple in Jerusalem was built to be a dwelling place of God on earth a place of encounter with God in prayer. But over time, it became something very different. It wasn't so much that the fact that the things were being sold and money exchanged in the temple was what bothered Jesus. But two things associated with this selling of animals and exchanging money. The first was that the money changers and animal sellers were grossly overcharging the people. As we heard in the gospel, the temple had become a den of thieves. When pilgrims came to the temple, they offer a sacrifice of an animal in thanksgiving to God. 
and rather than carry an animal with them during the long journey, which was too much of a burden, the people would buy one at the temple. But because there was such a demand, especially at the time of Passover, the merchants would drastically overcharge the people. And so the poor pilgrims, who had saved all their money over the course of a whole year, they were being extorted. The pilgrims also had to pay a temple tax, which needed to be paid in one of two types of currency. That meant that everyone had to exchange money. There was no problem in that. But the greedy money changers were taking an exorbitant commission, again, penalizing the poor. And so it's no surprise that Jesus was outraged that these good, humble, devout people who had simply come to worship God were being exploited. And that was just the first thing that incensed the Lord. The second was worse. The Jewish mentality had become so distorted over the centuries that they began to look at their relationship with God as being something simply contractual. As long as I sacrifice this animal to God, everything will be all right. Too many people started to look at the temple as a place to go to, in a way, bribe God with their animal sacrifice. Too many people had started to look at God as someone who needed to be bought by these gifts. God had said many times through the prophets, for I desire steadfast love or mercy, not sacrifice, the knowledge of God rather than burnt offerings. But the people didn't seem to listen. And so Jesus gave all of them a lesson they would never forget and that we, my brothers and sisters, should never forget. Jesus wanted to return first the temple and then the people to true worship of God. He wanted the temple to be an authentic place of encounter, of prayer, to be his Father's house once again, and wanted to return the people to a real notion of what their relationship with the Father should be based on, a contrite, merciful, and loving heart. On this third Sunday of Lent, it is very important to impress in our minds and hearts the lessons that Jesus wants to teach us in this scene. It's important for us to reflect very much on Jesus, seething with anger on what made him so irate, and then to ask ourselves what he wants from us. Sometimes our image of Jesus is one of a big divine softy, an overindulgent wimp whose love we can take advantage of at will because we think he will always take us back. God is love, after all. At least that's what we tell ourselves. But we forget. We forget that Jesus hates. He absolutely detests sin because it killed him and it kills us. The greater one's purity of heart, the more the person loves God, and the greater the person hates whatever is evil, whatever keeps one from God. We see this in the great Dominican, 
St. Catherine of Siena. In her dialogue, she relays that the stain of Adam's sin corrupted the whole human race and gave out a stench. Catherine could literally smell the stench of sin in others, and it was revolting to her. Following Christ, Catherine spoke directly and harshly when confronted with this reality. And she did this precisely because of her hatred of sin that was rooted in her love for God, her love for sinners, and her desire for them to hate sin too, so that they would come to Jesus to be forgiven and with his help rooted out of their lives. As we ponder the gospel reading, we might wonder why the church gives this reading on the third Sunday of Lent. In her wisdom and love, she wants us, brothers and sisters, to reflect on another temple that the Lord wants cleansed in the same way. In the gospel, Jesus prophesies about building another temple in three days, far more glorious than Herod's temple, which took 46 years to build. The temple, of course, was the temple of his risen body, the real dwelling place of God on earth. His body would become the temple. But as we know, when we are baptized, we become members of that same body. In baptism, we die with Christ, and he himself rises again within us. We become a temple of the Holy Spirit where God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit really and truly dwell, just like God dwells in this church, in this tabernacle. This is what St. Paul led him to say in his letter to the Corinthians, do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit within you, which you have from God, and that you are not your own? Our body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, meant to be a dwelling place of God. This is a temple that Jesus wants to make sure is clean, that it is a real house of prayer, a real place where God is adored. To the extent that we have not been adoring God with our body and our soul, with our whole lives, Jesus wants to make a whip again and drive out from us whatever sin is there. Because again, he hates sin and wants us to hate it too. In recent times, many of us are appalled by the news of churches being vandalized, burned, desecrated. This news shocks and disturbs us. It angers and saddens us. But we should have the same reaction when it happens in the temples of our body and soul, the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit, in which we should glorify God, praise and love him. When we do otherwise, it should make us sick. But we can begin to numb ourselves to the stench and little by little choose sin over God. And that is why our Lord warns us today in the cleansing of the temple. 
And this is one of the reasons why for the first reading today, we have the Ten Commandments. It is a moment for us to take a hard look at ourselves and ask, have our lives, have our bodies and souls been places where these God's commandments have been treasured and followed or not? If we are honest with ourselves, all of us recognize that there are things in us that don't really belong there. And it is these harmful attitudes, these bad choices and habits, these deadly sins that Jesus wants to drive out from our lives this Lent. This is the type of cleansing each of us deep down knows that we need. But we have to work with the Lord. We have to form our whip and drive them out from our temple. And this is hard to do. It requires sacrifice, dedication, and above all, God's help. But the Lord's powerful grace is available to us. But we need to be willing. We need to be open to let Jesus in for this temple cleansing to happen in us.